0: You're listening to The Ripple Affect with your hosts, Cheech and Nippy, a podcast that explores how
1: individual change has the capacity to affect the whole. From neuroscience to donuts, we're two sisters with a deep curiosity for ancient wisdom and modern knowledge, and we're obsessed with learning alongside you because we don't know. (laughs) Let's dive in.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Ripple Effect podcast. We're about to drop into a kitchen table talk, which are free-form sibling conversations that explore what's going on in our lives and how that relates to change.
1: For the most part, in these natural, uncurated, unrestricted conversations, we don't edit our process of articulation. We try to leave the recording in its raw format. So this is as close as it gets to being in the room with us. Enjoy!
0: (laughs) We laugh. (laughs) Mm, These are pretty good.
1: (laughs) Lisa's been waiting to drink that for how long?
0: Probably an hour I I put them out and then I put them back in the freezer to cool them off (laughs) because they were
1: getting warm when we were figuring out tech. We've been figuring out tech and we finally have arrived at the place where we can just talk and hear ourselves. And hear
0: each other. That was what was so hard is we could either hear ourselves or hear one another, but we couldn't hear both forever.
1: And we've got our, our pops, um, which are not soda pop. Mm. Issa likes me to clarify. They're not. They're, uh, what are these? Six. Sparkling waters. Sparkle waters. They're good though. So for these kitchen table talks, as we're referring to them as, we don't have agendas for these. These are going to be fluid conversations between my sister Issa and your hearing, me, Kiara, Cheech, talk. We want to do a better job in allowing you to know who's talking when. Although we're not going to be able who's to talking. To... Oh, it's me. Oh, it's... <laughs> you say that line a lot from that movie, <laughs> and it's a children's movie. I <laughs> Who <just> want to... <laughs> wants a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> your heinous comment will be stricken from your record. She's just going to do this now. This is just going to be Madagascar over and over and over again. King Julian, will a girls, man. <laughs> Okay. But yes, we want to we want to have these be fluid. We are going to have these be fluid. And I do our oh, best yeah. to kind of give Kiata talking.
0: Isa. This is Isa. Yeah, we mentioned that maybe try and do a better job of in the beginning of episodes being like, hey, this is Isa. You're going to hear my voice. And hey, this is Cheech
1: Kiata." Oh, You're yeah. My voice, which is the other thing, right? Yes. So yes. we have four names we recognize that we're throwing at all of you. Yeah, because and that's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm my name's Issa Bell to mentions that in somewhere in one of our episodes. Yes. Yeah. Is Isabel, my sister, the prequel. Yes. And then also I go by Isa, and then my nickname is Nibby. So any one of those is me. And that's the voice. And this is my voice that is associated <laughs> to those three names.
1: And then mine is two. Kiata. Actually, three, technically, because Kiata, and then the weird-ass way Issa says my name, which is Kiata. So weird. <laughs> Let's just go back a second. If you didn't listen to the prequel, I'm going to repeat, because, like, that's weird. I can't she, she can't pronounce her I fucking can't name. I can't how to pronounce her name. It's so weird. So, Ki-ata, Sometimes it
0: works, though. Sometimes it comes off the tongue, right? And yeah. It's correct.
1: Which is fine. My name's a little, you know, off. But Kiata, Kiata, and then, <laughs> and then Cheech, and um... That's that's me. That's just the voice of Cheech that you'll be hearing. So that's it. Hopefully we've house-kept enough, house-kept. Hopefully we've swept she, you up. You can tell she doesn't keep a house. Hey. Just <laughs> joking. That's not true. You live in the house that I keep. I keep this goddamn house. No, I don't. All right. So, but this podcast is about change. And um, what we do want to provide in value in these kitchen table talks is um, change from our perspectives and what it is that we are going through, and continue to go through, uh, that can be helpful um, in a shared, mutual journey of exploration and um, continuing growth, and that's where we come into the to today. Yeah, which is where are we at? Where are we at? Yeah. And yeah, what's going on? Yeah, because the previous recordings um, that you've heard from us, from Nibby and me, Cheech, have been um, older. They were dated in 2020, if you listen to the prequel, and 2021, if you listen to episode one. Dr. Thayer's interview, episode two, is, is new with Issa. Nibby, <laughs> I'll keep trying to think. We, gotta pick, gotta, pick we gotta pick one. We gotta pick one. They're interchangeable though, but yeah. So then, that today is the day that we get to give you a little more of an updated take on on where we're at. We had a really good conversation earlier that both of us said we wished we were recording, but um, you you Isa are in psychology classes right now. Yeah, I'm in school studying
0: psychology, and I grabbed a notebook that I actually use for. The podcast now, and I was looking through, and there was tons of notes in it already. Like I had recycled the notebook, the end of the notebook, and dedicated that to the podcast. But the beginning was all from my positive psychology class, which was the very first psychology class I ever took. That made me change directions in my education, and I stopped studying business. I got my degree in business, and then shifted to psychology. So that class was obviously really impactful to me. And I was going through some notes and. It just spurred this really nice conversation about, gosh, like spiritual bypassing and um, these different, the basics of therapy being helping somebody, learning about somebody to help them learn about themselves.
1: I thought that was in in and amongst, in and of itself was really valuable because I've experienced therapy, but I don't know about therapy, right? It's not like I go study psychology and... And know what's going on but it was helpful just to think from the perspective of like what's the purpose here like what is this partner that I have what are they doing with me that's so helpful
0: yeah well I think we talked about the life script and Um, how your life script is um like positives and negatives patterning from your life that you picked up mm -hmm. and what coping strategies you used for survival and then that that creates these injunctions and the injunction is the repetitive messaging that you're playing out within this life script and as a therapist they help you recognize how your injunctions are affecting your life script or how your vice versa how your life script Are playing out your injunctions and then they bring those all together for you so you can cognitively be more aware of oh i did this was going on in my younger life and it led me to believe this (laughs) or led me to do this i'm just going to interrupt and jump in right here because i wanted to give a definition of injunctions that was a little bit more in depth so Defined in 1979 by Golding & Golding, injunctions were messages from your parents' child ego state that are given out of their pains, unhappiness, anxiety, disappointment, anger, frustrations, or secret desires and adopted by you and played out in your life. In 2010, McNeil published a list of 25 injunctive messages and categorize them into five classes, survival, attachment, security, identity, and competence. An analogy used for these is often turning the prince into the frog. It's you, but it's not really you. Okay, now you're going to jump right back in with Kiya. And
1: let me repeat this back because this is the second time I'm hearing it now, and I just want to make sure I'm also like, okay, am I with this? Do I actually understand this? My basic understanding of it was that when you have something that happens in your life, you're coping with it you're creating a strategy from it you're you're surviving by doing something by thinking something by internalizing something or having the world look a certain way and eventually that becomes something that might not be helpful for you
0: yeah that's the missing element is like that responsibility piece because like you might be going throughout your life and you don't realize you have a character defect that is negatively affecting the people around you. And then it comes back around and it starts to negatively affect you. You're fighting with your husband all the time. Your kids don't want to interact with you. And you're like, okay, well it seems like it's all these exterior things happening. These other people are the issue. And, um, the thing about injunctions are you, everyone deals with them in different ways. So like, you either reject or you go in the other direction like the alternatives to dealing with an injunction to dealing with the repetitive messaging like the examples would be like i don't belong or like we talked about don't be a child Mm -hmm. like if you've you know heard that like oh it's not appropriate to show vulnerability like Mm -hmm. you know that repetitive messaging a lot of people for me it's like self-critical my repetitive messaging is a self-critic really strong self-critic you're not enough. You're not smart enough. Like you, you can't, you know, you're not oh, doing enough. You're not doing enough. That's you're, yeah. Th- so that injunction will cause issues <laughs> because I am coming from a place of like, Oh, I'm, I'm not enough. And so it shows up in my relationships because if I don't feel like I'm enough and I'm with somebody like that's not really a wholesome place to come from.
1: And if I'm not doing enough if I don't feel like I'm doing enough, I will overdo. I will go into overdoing and stay up too late at night and do all these things that cross my own boundaries because deep inside, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, I'm not enough in that way too. Right?
0: Yeah. So you either like you, you accept it and you give into it, right? Like that's one of the ways you, you don't, you're not doing enough. And so you're like, okay, I accept that. I'm not doing enough. So I have to do more. And you believe that I'm not doing enough. That's my life. Script. I do more. And you give in to the injunction. This is who I am. You, you know, like I don't you don't have a into choice. It. Yeah, you give into it. There's no choice there. Um, or, or the third thing you do to, as an alternative to dealing with an injunction, would be to just um, absolutely be angry, just at the injunction itself mm-hmm. and at the world.
1: I've felt that way too. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed that I have to keep doing so much. Uh, like, or that others aren't doing enough right mm-hmm. which yeah. is a, which is a lie ultimately when i started to face some of this i realized i was like oh i am also like you just said for about yourself i'm very self-critical or it had come, has come up a lot and i recently realized even like the more critical i am of myself that standard i'm holding for myself is the standard i will hold other people to And then because I'm it's never enough that recovering perfectionist that I am like because it's never enough, it's also not going to be enough from others. So the lens that I'm looking out is going to say you're not doing enough either. And that's not a good place to partner and be in collaboration with in any sector of my life. It creates unrealistic
0: standards Mm -hmm. for yourself and for everybody around you. And it's painful because you
1: don't get satisfaction. Yeah. Nothing and it's ever satiated and it's delusional. Yeah. Thanks.
0: I mean, <laughs> I just, say that she just called me delusional <laughs> <laughs> you just, straight up. You have a lot of work to be a therapist. I just yeah. was thinking that same thing. Like <laughs> I'm still in school. I'm not a licensed therapist. <laughs> I'm teasing you. of course. But, no, but, no, what, but why, why I said that why I said that is because I was, as you were speaking, I was relating it to, to uh, my own situation of that and how like I used to think, I thought like I had this idealization of purity like that uh, the like the quote unquote perfect or like a good relationship, a relationship that was meant for me or I was supposed to be in with somebody else had this element of purity where things weren't chaotic, where there wasn't discourse, where there was no where there was just harmony. And it was like and I had that same pattern, that injunction that it was my like, everything should just be so great, like almost non-human. Mm. It should be beautiful and harmonious and just light all the time. And it, and then I realized like, no, that's not being a human. That's, delus- that's delusion to think that there's an existence that is like that all the time. And what I came to is like, no, I don't want purity. Like I want peaceful resolve. That's what I didn't get as a child. That's what I never saw modeled was peaceful resolve was when shit got, there was discussions or things were not agreed upon. There was conflict or chaos that it could be resolved peacefully, that it could be, it could just be a part of an ongoing thread that wasn't extreme.
1: Yeah. That was not there for us. And when you were describing earlier, beautiful and harmonious and, um, you know, pure, those are all good words. Like those are something to be like, oh, those are, it sounds like, oh, those are good things to want. But it's funny that when you put them in that way of like, oh no, it needs to be this way. It needs to be beautiful and harmonious and perfect and pure. Those become mechanical, Mm -hmm. mechanicalizations of, that's not a word, but of, (laughs) um, the, of of the human. And like you just said, like that's not human because they're mechanical. It's too homogenous and there's too much variety in a human being to be in this life means that you are um you experience a lot at sometimes at the same time, right? (laughs) Holding the conflicting things within yourself. Contradiction. The contradiction and those those interactions with people are going to with other people are going to be varied and to have it feel to have there be a need to have it always be harmonious is not realistic. Right. Beneficial even.
0: And that goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about how, why do we idealize this harmonious, like non-suffering, uh state of being where everything is just butterflies and rainbows. Rainbows. But like but like like that sounds like further out there, but I feel like when you just pull it back a little bit, like that everything should be accepted by you and not you shouldn't be bothered by the little things. And you should be grateful all the time and you should not ha- be angry at anything and not let shit piss you off and like just be, you know, ex- just this, this
1: version where, where you see people like start to talk different. Oh. Oh, watch that octave shift in the cult leaders <laughs> of, a, of across the country. There is, there is that, that tone. What is that? that?
0: Well, I, I understand what it is because I've, you know, I've come out of meditations before and it is, my octave is lower and my, my energy centers are lower. And there is a shift, you know, and things don't bother me as much. And like, you know, so I, I understand it. But the, the point that I want to make is like, why do we I like, why is that better than the work of like feeling frustrated and being angry and out of alignment and like working to get back working into working to
1: just self-regulate
0: self-regulate yeah like there's value in emotional regulation
1: yeah and there's more work to get there
0: yeah more than just being in that one state of being absolutely and it's, and it's ridiculous to think like that's what we should be going for all the time it's bypassing is what we were talking yeah about. and it's- it's, why do we avoid like why do we avoid suffering and then Kiara and i when we were having this conversation earlier we agreed like Well, because it feels like shit, you know, (laughs) suffering feels like shit and you don't want to stay there because it doesn't feel good. But then there's these two types of suffering of this privileged internal suffering where I'm out of alignment and I'm causing my own self internal suffering, my, you know, unnecessary suffering, unnecessary suffering. My mind is looping on something. I, you know, I've thought about this
1: thing and it's giving me anxiety or I'm yeah. focused in a way I'm, that is um, uh, playing out old uh, patterns that I no longer that no longer serve me.
0: Yeah, whatever. yeah. And then there's like the world suffering, where there's you know the the external suffering, where the suffering from not having enough food, suffering for being so impoverished that you can't take the steps to get somebody medication they need. Like the systematic, systematic oppressive poverty t- t- like that type of Economic suffering distress yeah and the hope was we, you know when we were talking like well is it possible that this internal work that we do to shift out of our own personal created personally created suffering to then have more clarity and energy and focus and vitality to capacity. be able yeah bigger capacity to be able to then take the actions that are needed to help the real, the not real, but like the more global, more systemic, Just suffering. The external, the external, like the you external said. suffering, to get those people of our species into the same level that we we were at when we were trying to fight our own
1: internal. You said to level the boats, or how did you put it?
0: Yeah, the, to like when the tide rises, all boats.
1: Yeah. You know, so and it is like that place of can you help yourself enough to help another? Mm -hmm. And you can't help yourself if you can't help another if you're drowning. Oh, there's such a good comedian comedic. Who's that comedian? I'll probably cut this out because what's what is her name? Got to look her up. She has such a good she does a lot of mental health stuff. Uh She talks about how like she's like, it's not cool if you don't have your floaties.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's bipolar, maybe? Yeah. Or yeah. Your your medicine is like your floaties. Yeah. And you just keep them on. You can go swimming with other people. It's all good. But it's, like, not cool if you just take them off and jump in the pool and, like... <laughs> Knuckle for jared <laughs> for, yeah that he has to come rescue you and you're freaking out and you're making a
1: scene and it's a whole thing yeah it's a good analogy <laughs> it was it was the best i i will get that clip i will put it in the show notes because she, and and her name because she's awesome and it really does illustrate the the how it it helping yourself does matter it does matter it does matter for your uh not only for yourself but for your internal family unit for the relationships that you want to have that you have currently for it it does it it is a personal responsibility yeah how
0: are you how would you say you're helping yourself
1: right now oh man um someone recently asked me this actually my friend went to a therapist the therapist asked him can you give me some examples that's your homework to go out into the world and see models that you have in your life, friends or otherwise that are doing self care. And in your opinion, they're doing it well. And my friend came to me and said, I think you take care of yourself. Well, like, what do you do? And I went, Oh man, I don't know. I don't I do know how well I'm taking care of myself, but I do. I think I do a lot of things. And I, I wrote down a list and, you know, it included therapy. I really included that, which is a privilege Like I have good insurance and it covers it, which is a godsend. Yeah.
0: Which I was saying the other day, I I had to cut back on my therapy because it was just too expensive going through school and doing it. And my monthly bill on it was so high that I was like, okay, I have to go to every
1: other week. (laughs) Yeah. And that is, I don't, you know, and that's, so I'm really grateful and it is a privilege. I recognize that. And I take full advantage of it for that reason because I'm like, no, like I know what, what I, my life was like before this. And I, I want to, I I do take, I do honor it, what it does for me and, and the fact that I can have it. And, and I'm really grateful for that. So therapy, I am, I use my own spiritual practice that isn't, it's an evolving thing that isn't, Um, I used to really talk about that self-critic. I used to talk about my self-practice and get down on myself like oh it's not a practice it's not consistent i don't open the akashic records every day and after i learned how to do that or i don't meditate and like all this stuff And i somewhere along the line i let go of that because i realized i was like practice is practice it's literally called practice i use it from like sports it's like you're you're meant to go try things out to see if you can do them better in the game you know and the game in this case is life So I'm like, how am I like Mm -hmm. practicing bad? You know, any practice, even when you get a bad practice, yeah, I've had that in sports where it's like, oh God, that was a terrible, I didn't do anything, you know, I didn't improve. But you showed up. But I showed up and I I tried to do the thing. And I definitely, when I put in my practice hours, I think of being an actor, right? I practice way more than I get paid to work. But over that, those thousands of thousands of hours of working, like practicing, I am... I have self-confidence. I'm like, I'm a damn good actor. I can throw it in. You know, I can throw down. And in the art of acting, I'm still going to go show up and not be able to do it even after practicing. And I feel like that's a very true like alignment of life of like, oh, my spiritual practice is going to like evolve and change and I'm going to grow. And that it's so thereby, it's always going to be changing. But yeah, I do try to um, recognize that it's the very least I recognize, Oh, this is important to me. I haven't done this in a while. I need to get back into that. Um, and to be honest on that level, working with clients in the coaching clarity, coaching and spiritual coaching, uh, spiritual work or connection that I do with people that helps me. I've noticed that because I might not always be able to step up and, um, like have the discipline to, do the self practice work of of say for instance the Akashic records or sitting down with myself for a clarity session to get organized around my schedules and things or whatever. But when I do it for someone else, it remind I go into the same mode, so it energetically like helps me get a dose of that, mm-hmm. which is why I love like the benefit of that. It's something like makes me practice. You know? I have to be really aware, sometimes more aware when I'm taking care of others just because of where I am in the journey of myself. I'll show up for others a little bit better than I'll show up for myself. And so that client like relationship is so sacred to me because it truly is like helping me. Um and I think the other way that I like just to name like one more like the other way I think I take care of myself and is education like i i read i do i, I try to read because <laughs> i like i feel like well yeah because i feel like it's, well, yeah, feel oh, like it's some timing. it's something that helps to keep me in a space of like learning that i don't know everything and it's okay to not know everything and um that there's resources for me out there and and i think the other way it like takes care of me is it's like so that ping of learning something is a dopamine hit oh such a good it's such a good hit. And it like... When stuff clicks.
0: It turns me on. Like it's, God, That's how I felt in that entire neurobiology class.
1: Oh, tell me more.
0: And like, I've said this before though, in my nutrition classes too. Yeah, you like that. You really... I really like learning about the human body. Like, that's what really lights me up. Like, I get so just invigorated by it. I just... It's just like, what? How does not... How do... I think what it is, is when I find out information about my own body or my own self, I'm almost like, how does everyone not know this? Like that, the that type of information, because it's universal. Like when you learn about the human body, you're learning about everyone. Well, you know, it's true. not like a concept about democracy. It's not, you know, it, it's very grounded. It's like, oh. No matter if you live here or in India, if you eat this, (laughs) your glucose levels do this. Your body breaks it into these areas and sends it to this. Your pancreas does this. Like as a human, this is what's happening.
1: You know, I never thought of that before. It's very um, beneficial to break down the barriers of like race and gender and all that stuff because you're like, oh, no, this is just functioning,
0: function, basic human function. And the same thing goes with the brain. The same thing when we get a hug the same hormones go off in us no matter where you are on the planet if you're a part of our species that's the same wiring we're the same hardwired you know and we're also malleable and adaptable and we that's what's cool to me is like there are ways to interact with our own selves that can that can like change us that can help us see each other better that can help us see ourselves better that can aid in moving you through phases of life and phases of mental health and interacting with other people, relationships, all the stuff. It's like, it all boils down to the chemistry.
1: What was, and what's something that you learned in your neurobiology or, or in your nutrition, like um, classes that you feel kind of moved that needle for you in all those ways you just mentioned, or, you know, in like any of those ways you mentioned, what I
0: think, There's so I think on a broad scale, it was just that reverence for the human body and then knowing that that was me. So it gave me a higher respect for myself. Mm. And I've heard that from women who give birth. It's like, my body did that, you know, and you have this amazing self confidence and self esteem that comes from your abilities as a human and as a woman. But I think that both of the nutrition and the neurobiology. It was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. And that's me. Therefore, I'm amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are. But we all are. I wish everyone could see her face when she says this. Like, that's the one thing I wish we had video because (laughs) it's like her face lights up as if she's getting a present. Like someone is (laughs) literally putting a giant present in front of her <laughs> that she gets to open and she's just like wide-eyed well and- like
0: when you have a really strong self-critic it it's that is a gift Aww. you know when you can really like break down the barriers and they talk you know everyone's like oh you have to love yourself you have to love yourself that's fucking hard to how? do
1: how do we do that <laughs> that's like what i i have thought that so many times love yourself love yourself love yourself and i'm sometimes in my deepest darkest i'm like okay fucking how <laughs> cool yeah
0: we're, we're, it reminds me of like the sentiment of like must be nice yeah like <laughs> good for you yes. <laughs> well and I think this goes back to like what came up to for us doing the podcast launch oh, because yeah. I think you know for me loving myself has been learning to be my own loving parent and learning to nurture myself and use my internal dialogue to speak to myself in a loving way and to give myself grace and to let myself off the hook for not being perfect and to like really internalize the feelings of love and and it it, it can be easy in certain capacities like one of one of the tricks that I've used and and encourage other people to use is to Close your eyes and think about somebody you really love, like the type of love that's just there. And you don't, there's nothing in between you and that love and that person. And you can see their face and you can see them lighting up. And you just like have that overwhelming feeling of like how much you just love them. And then take those feelings and just turn them around towards yourself and just let them like come into your system man so you, it can be simple but then it's harder when shit is hard <laughs> that's the most obvious <laughs> statement ever it's harder when shit is hard and yes accurate like we could, we could try to use some better vocabulary <laughs> it's more challenging
1: when, when, times, are when, the, when the times are difficult when times are difficult no that was great it's but
0: Going back to what was what was going on for us, it was really interesting. You know, similar to how when we first started this podcast, Kiata and I were in a conversation, and we had a very clear, similar hearing. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. We both heard that while we were in dialogue with one another, and Kiata Our said, "Internal
1: selves were really speaking louder."
0: Kiata was like, "I don't know if this is going to mean anything, Nibby, but I just keep hearing podcasts," and I was like, "Oh my god." She heard it too because I could keep, I kept hearing and it was kind of like coming from the side and it was almost rhythmic podcast our podcast, podcast our podcast. And and it was very clearly like, Oh, we had the same thing happen to us separate from one another. You were in LA. I was in Humboldt. We were on a phone call, you know, it was just, Oh, okay. And when we launched a podcast that morning, we were going to launch this thing, this creative project into the world. And it brought up a lot for us individually mm-hmm. And by the end of that day, we talked to each other, and we came to find that we had a very similar process. That we that came, the emotions that came up with being seen, with with daring greatly, as Brene Brown puts it, like being in the arena and playing and showing up and, and sharing this creative, really vulnerable idea and creation of ours. And we had a very similar way of dealing, processing, integrating those emotions that came up.
1: Yeah. And I want to tell everyone about those because I think it would be really helpful. So- please do. Take the floor. Nope, but our pizza is here.
0: Oh, shit. So we're going to break. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Hey, I want to know, will you guys um, please DM us or uh, write a comment somewhere in our Facebook feed of what your favorite pizza is? Because ooh. tonight... I was ordering pizza for us, and I realized, I don't know my sister's favorite pizza. No, she didn't. I didn't know it, you guys. I know yours. She did know mine. Mine is veggies, no cheese, add pepperoni.
1: Mm, Which has been almost a favorite of mine. Mine's mine's a lot of veggies, uh, cheese, and add sausage. But previously, my staple was just plain cheese. How do you know the pizza's here? I didn't even hear anything. I just know it intuitively. (laughs) Shut up. Seriously. She's like, the Akasha told me.
0: No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is a good time to stop.
1: We back from our break and our pizza. It was delicious. And yeah, we are going to talk about our journey of the launching of the podcast and how it affected us. Yeah. I, You were... You articulated it very well that we both went through similar things and we processed those things. You sound so sad. Are you, you okay? I? Are you okay? Don't make don't make fun of my serious voice. Do you need a blanket? <laughs> no. I don't need no. I'm fine. I'm fine. Do you need a hug? <laughs> Always, but I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um no, I, I just wanted to comment that I felt like it was very interesting to, for on my own, to have processed some serious, like, um, emotion and um, triggering stuff. Don't... Bu- 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 bu. I'm trying to get into this episode. Sorry, I'm having a hard time focusing. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay. How about you just talk? Go ahead. You take it away. Ooh. Wasting their time. <laughs> wasting... <laughs> People's time. so we're using
0: these new mics and it's like a handheld mic and i have this urge to just karaoke it dude
1: this is just this is what i live with
0: people. what are your favorite karaoke songs can we not if you had to sing karaoke yeah. what song would you pick i don't sing karaoke no, you I, had to no. life or death uh-uh, uh I your don't. dog's gonna die unless you that's sing so karaoke messed up, what would you sing all.
1: first of all that's messed up and the fact that you don't know that i do not sing karaoke is odd nobody i mean nobody really likes Oh no, people. Okay, some people do,
0: but it's not like a calm... Like most people
1: are like, nah, I'm not like that. Not true. Opposite. You don't. You don't go. You do. I don't get out much. (laughs) You're not not friends with musical theater people. Oh God, who is? (laughs) Sorry, my. I am. Sorry. Don't listen to her. See the insults. You're my people. Don't worry. (laughs) Even though I don't know any musical, uh, musical theater references. You would probably sing "Gangsters Paradise." What? What? No. Why would that be the or song? Or like of all songs? Today is
0: a good day. I get to hear you sing. You,
1: you think ones. I would rap? Karen? Yeah, I think you would rap. You are so. I think so that's the best. I think that's the best option no, for you. Dude, I would probably have to sing a Bob Marley because that's all I can get out. I don't sing. Why are you? Why are you doing this? I, you know, maybe I don't like sing. a Fuji song. Jesus Christ! This, <laughs> this is this
0: is. Dude. I would sing Fever. Really? I think so. I love that song.
1: Good for you. Never
0: know how much. Not now. This is not karaoke. I'm serious. Stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you apologize. Fuck Fuck us. us. Okay. I'm back. All right. Good. Now, would you like to share what came up for you? Or? No, you go. Me go. So you interrupted me that whole thing just for me to come back to it?
0: Yeah. I'm ready to listen now. All right. Good. (laughs) Thank you.
1: God damn it. Um. Okay, so yeah, for, for me, what I thought was interesting is we both had this individual process, and, and wow, I think the things were different. I actually, not to be like rude, but I don't remember what yours were, no, so you'll share and I'll listen intently because I, I'll remember, but for me, what I recognized came up in launching the podcast was um, a lot of fear of being seen, of being exposed is how it felt felt very exposed and I also had worked really hard to edit it all and put it all together and I was noticing in doing so because you know timelines always get crunched and things kind of um, I'm not a person who stays on like on schedule really tightly so usually as deadlines approach I've gotten better over the years but you know I'm like oh there's more to do than like I Not that I thought, but like I got a lot to do. So I stay up late and I, you know, do a grind and I get it done. But in that, I worked really hard in my life to let go of some of that patterns of overdoing can I interrupt you really yeah.
0: fast and just interject? There's a really good video about procrastination that I think I'd love to sh- show you, Cheech, and, and share in our show notes. Because it talks about how um, procrastination is, is not like the lack of caring. It's actually like over-caring. And you put it off because of that, like wanting it to be like a high-level and I'm doing it no service right now, but I think it's just, it's a great, I think it's a Stanford professor who does this talk about procrastination and it's, it was so helpful to me because then it helped me reframe procrastination in a big way. Which
1: yeah. I've done a couple, I've done, this sounds odd, but I have done a course on procrastination that was very helpful actually. And sticking to that course is odd because it's like, how do you not procrastinate? But it was, it was helpful to learn about it. And that was one of the things um, that they shared about in that course too. So I bet it came from that, that same YouTube. So that would be really, you said it was on YouTube? Yeah,
0: I think it's a YouTube video or a TED talk. No, YouTube. He was on a stage, but I don't think it was a TED talk.
1: Yeah, definitely show notes that I want to, I want to watch it. And, um, and I had procrastinated, but it really was more just kind of, there was a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I, I was happy to do it too, you know? And, but at the same time I'd, I've worked to slow down in my life and to not have so much on my plate that I'm having to grind like that necessarily, which is a total unfortunate. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've I feel deserving of that space, um, to have taken in my life, and so I am happy to do things when things get you know okay. I can put. I know I can put the work in, but what came up was those feelings of not doing enough, and I had. I was recognizing that it felt like I was, I was watching myself be very concerned of it not being good enough. The quality of certain things, the edits of certain things, the just very detail oriented. And it sent me into a space where I was, um, I got sad. I got um, triggered and felt overwhelmed and felt like um, a a lot of combination of things. And I had to, I woke up in the morning, the morning of the podcast, that was morning of the podcast launch. And I immediately had a very familiar, old familiar feeling of like, I got to get up and I got to do so much and I have to get up now. I'm already behind Um, panic and disassociation, like not being able to feel my body, not being able to feel my, um, like it, like I wasn't in taking the space or time to feel anything. It was just this focus on this goal and what I had to do. Otherwise, I felt, after I took a moment, I was like, I'm going to be punished, you know? Um, no no rhyme or reason to it. But the only reason I realized that was I stopped. I right? Before I got up out of bed, I didn't move. I stayed laying down and I talked to myself and I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here? Like I was familiar enough to know that that when that happens, when I start feeling that way, like I got to get up and and, Oh my God, there's so much. It was a feeling of, I both need to get up out of bed and do so much. And I don't want to get up out of bed at all. I want to stay in bed. And that is one of my cues to pay attention more, to slow down, to breathe and to talk to myself when I have that feeling of like, I don't want to get out of bed because I dealt with depression in my life for many years. And that's that feeling. And so if that's kind of coming up for me, I pay attention now and I ask myself, what is it? And there was um, a lot of, so I had to self soothe and I had to reassure myself that nobody was going to punish me. That there was no consequences here. That Isa didn't expect me to do X, Y, Z. That that even if we had said that we're launching that day and it didn't go out till 10 p.m. rather than 10 a.m. or the next day, that that I'm in control of this and I'm it's gonna it's gonna be okay, right? That um, I I get to have the parameters of how I'm gonna show up for this thing. And I get to treat myself good in it because that's what this whole thing was about. The purpose of this podcast was to help myself grow. And it was such a beautiful gift. That was really the turning point was when I got to that place in the conversation with myself and I was like, wait, 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 what's the purpose of purpose? The literal purpose of this creative project is to help me explore me and, and, and help myself grow so that I can show up for others and, and maybe hopefully inspire or aspire to help someone else do the same thing. And then we all come up together, that tide rises together. And so it gave me that permission, that little bit of relief. And then somewhere in there, and I can't really articulate how, but something clicked where I received a, like a deeper message, like something where it rose from um, lower registry in my in my consciousness that was um, – remember this is supposed to be fun this gets to be fun you're gonna launch a podcast so I felt the shift from this panic into you know this um, connection with more of what I felt like was truth uh, out of kind of this fear into something that was more at ease and then
0: I got up can I ask how did you learn to start
1: dialoguing with yourself and interacting with yourself I was going to ask you the same thing earlier when you were talking about the same thing. So I really want to make sure you touch on that too. Um, how did I learn how to dialogue with myself? Um, I think it was the thing I can remember. I think it was a couple different sources, but one that I was telling you about earlier was that when I started doing cranial sacral work uh, and the protect, the, parti- the practitioner at the time was a friend of mine and she was helping me both as a practitioner but because we were friends she was also teaching me about um intuitive energetic communications um and other things we were in this like little juco we called it um it was like a spiritual juco like junior college because we would like just like (laughs) meet up every week and just explore in the akashic records and find share information together about resources of intuitive and psychic um intuition stuff and just have these deep, wonderful conversations just about all kinds of spiritual gifts and um, all that kind of woo-woo stuff in a way. Mm-hmm. But it was really, inform- it was very educational, informal educational. And, um, but she was, so she, we had that kind of relationship. And so when I was on the table in terms of a healing session, she would ask me these questions and um, kind of were prompts that I would ask myself. And that was kind of the dialoguing with self that felt both spiritual but very tangible as well because I would ask myself and I was laying in a in a safe space to hear myself. Um, so I think that was one thing. I'm sure there were others. Mm-hmm. But I'd love for you to answer that too and also share if you want to about like your experience. Yeah, so that
0: morning I woke up and... I realized I had not planned the Facebook or the Instagram post I because ha- we have like a Planoly where I can schedule it so it'll go out and I don't have to worry What's about Planoly? it. What's Planoly? Planoly is a software that allows you to upload all your photos so you can see what they'll look like in your feed on Instagram and you can schedule posts so that you don't have to be at your phone or at your computer to be interacting. It'll just automatically do it for you. Planoly, do you hear that? Do you want to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> Okay, sorry. User error. I did not schedule the post, so when I woke up, I was like, "Oh no!" Like, I it should have gone out at six a.m. because the podcast is like launching at ten, and only two hours. And then the photo that I uploaded was like blurry. And then I was like, "Fuck! I got to take this down because it's blurry. It's not right." And um, it just waking up and immediately going into that stuff and not taking the normal time that I do for myself just to like self dialogue, but like just to kind of just have a time with myself, you know, um, really threw me off and it made me feel like I was already behind. I felt like I had, I had quote unquote blown it. And, um, it just really took me outside of myself to where I felt that, um, urgency to fix or control or do something, um, that, it was clear I didn't have control, couldn't have control over, which caused a lot of angst in my system. And um, I went on a walk. I finally just like took Moosh for a walk, and during that walk, I who's started Moosh? my puppy, who's a l- nine. He's nine years old. So. She's
1: lying. She <laughs> lies about his age, you guys. Her puppy's name is Moosh. She's super cute, and. He's 11. <laughs> we say he's nine.
0: We don't want people giving him that pity 11 energy. <laughs> we don't want people treating him like he's o- an old man and being like, oh, he's probably on his way out soon. You like, started treating
1: him that way, so you backed up the age for yourself. Yeah,
0: and everybody else. So he's everyone, treat him like he's nine. <laughs> <laughs> treat him like he's nine. So we, you were walking moosh. I was walking moosh, and I recognized, like, okay, I don't, this is, like that conscious observer turned on and I'm like, this is not how I normally feel. This is like creating stress around something that doesn't need stress around it. And so I had to start, I didn't have to, but I started self dialoguing with myself of my inner child of like, what is going on here? Like, and I had, it was just like a fit, like an internal fit of like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do this. And I'm like, what though? Like, what do you not want to do? You know? And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to turn this into work. And I was like, okay, but like, maybe can we think about ideas of how like we can interact with it to make it more fun or engaging? And like, and she was like, no, like, I just want somebody else to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to do all this. And I was like, okay, but if you have somebody else do all the work, then they're going to have all the fun. So like, is there a way we can make the work fun? Like, can we try to do it so that you can get all that, like the good in with it? And it's like, okay, well, like, how do I do that? You know? And I was like, I don't know, let's try and find some ideas, you know, like, let's see what we can do. Like, maybe we can change our attitude around it. Or maybe we can, like, literally, like, try and have some fun call somebody who's excited about it like do something different you know and um and then like a hummingbird came and it just like reminded me of how how quickly i can change patterns in my mind like mm. how like oh i can change direction just like that hummingbird just did mentally and so i just took that and i was like okay then how then then if it if it is fun if it's not you know like If this is all meant to be fun and this is all meant to have me help help me grow and help other people and to be in service, like what does that feel like? And I like just went there and then I enjoyed my walk. I got more present. I just was like, okay, now we're back, you know, like but literally back. Like I had to bring myself back and I had to do that dialogue and go through those emotions with it and self soothe, self nurture and like be my own loving parent.
1: Mm. yeah which and I want to hear where that comes from and you just triggered though I want to share one of the things that I want to hear where that comes from meaning where you learned also how to do that because that's so beautifully that example you just gave was clearly like very illuminating like if no one's ever done that I think that would be like whoa you can talk to yourself like that that's so awesome you know so and you're very skilled at it. And I know that you've learned it from somewhere. But I wanted to just interject just to say that one of the things I really left out from my processing was, which is really big for me right now, is feeling all my feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like before, when I started to feel the feelings of fear and re- resentment that I hadn't like done it right or, or that I was going to get punished or it wasn't like, oh, okay, I had to actually... I want to avoid those. They don't feel good. So my solution had been go to work, get, get into work because like you don't have to face those. You're just going to have to overdo. And then maybe those will go away. You know, you have to deal the way you deal with the feeling intensity of feeling not enough. And all the things that come around it are to go into action to try to prove, no, ignore, ignore and try to prove that they're not enough to run through away doing. from your injunctions. Yeah. You're doing mm-hmm. instead of, what I needed and what I found that I need and is most helpful is now being. And in order for me to get, like you just said, come back to my being, I had to feel, I had to feel those difficult emotions of what it was that I was going, what I, what I was presently actually going through. And that did also have me dialogue with like inner, inner child. Cause it and- was what was coming up. Cause I was scared. I'm scared. And I wanted to, um, not be scared and so to feel but I had to pause and breathe and come into my physical body I recognized like I said I was getting up too early and I couldn't even feel my body it wasn't like it was like I had to feel my toes and scan my body and then remind myself it's safe to feel all my feelings and then like it was through feeling the feelings and I went oh okay what what well, what's what more is there
0: and I think there's another thing that you probably did that you're not mentioning that I I have to I always do and have to do is like to let myself know that it's okay to feel that. Yeah, that it's safe to like feel that. that it's okay. It's okay, you know, acknowledging it, not trying to um change it immediately or um almost like give solution to it, you know? Like I I think I did skip over because I'm like, oh okay, I can switch my mindset, whatnot, but there is a definite do- like emotional interaction with yourself that is that self-soothing of like okay I acknowledge that you're feeling like that and it is hard and this is a lot and you're doing it and it is scary and those are valid feelings and you're allowed to feel that way that's okay like but like if you don't want to keep going down this way yeah and thank you and like we said like I said before when you're living through your injunctions and your, your, your life view is be running, that program is running that life view, it's not the purest version of me. I'm not, that's not the truth of who I am. That's, that's a scared little version of me. And that's not the woman that I am. That's not the bravery that I have. That's not my courage. That's not my toolbox. That's not my kit. That's not my, the true essence of who I am. And so in order to get back to that true essence of who I am so that I can interact with you, Chiara, on, it during the podcast launch or my dog or my family or my partner, like that's why that dialogue is important because I don't want to run everything through that filter and have that just running the show.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yes, and that is exactly for me. One of the bigger turning points was the ability to acknowledge how I feel. But then for that, I have to set up that I'm going to be safe to feel that. I'm not going to get punished for feeling that. And it is that secondary step of, like you just said, I feel, and isn't that, that's I'll say to myself, like, oh, that's hard, huh? Like, that's hard to feel both angry and worried and scared that it's not going to be enough. And that Something's going to go wrong and that you might get blamed for it or you'll, you'll feel bad within yourself about it. Like those are hard. That's, that's difficult, huh? Like, and it is, it's making space for the reality of the secondary layer of I both feel the thing and I feel bad about feeling the thing and I don't want to feel the thing. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of the work. Oh, I've heard of that. Byron Katie, mm-hmm. Monica, my, uh, our how do we describe her? Our brother's Moni? mom. Our brother's mom. But she's such a good friend. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a good family amazing. member. She uh turned me on. She's a pra- practitioner. She's a practitioner, but I never um have had a session with her. What's what's your take on the work? Can you share a little bit? Oh, I wish I had it off the top of my head, but we will do a tactical on it.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. The one of the one of the sayings in it is um is it true? You you run you run the thought process or the belief or whatever's going on with you through this series of questions. Um and one of them is like, is it true? And then if you're, you respond like, yes, that's true. My husband is being a dick or like, I am scared, you know, like I am worried about the podcast being alleged. and then like, I think the next one is like, can you know that that's absolutely true? Like, and a lot of like, I think that's the word, like again, don't quote me on that, but there's just, that's what came up when you thought of that. When you said that, I thought of that because it's like, then you have to start breaking down your own narrow vision Belief system that's causing you to think that, and it starts to dissolve it your argument a little bit. I'm like, oh no, there are realities where that's not true, you know?
1: (laughs) Evidence based, yeah. I'll do, I'll work my, I'll work that step sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll get in a frenzy around these things, and then I'll ask myself, like, okay, but do you have evidence for that?
0: Go back to the data. I do that with my clients, like, okay. We're gonna go off the data and talking about like the data of change too. You know, we talked about that with Doctor Thayer. Like, you've done change in your life. You have worked that muscle, you know. And so, like, let's go off the of data. Like, you've done this before. You can do this again,
1: like, or something similar. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's models of something similar, or if you don't have a model for something similar that you've done, I feel there's also that in Doctor Thayer, It's like someone else might have belief in you. You can borrow it you can borrow it that was so good when i heard Lovely, that right? i was like borrow some courage fuck yeah <laughs> i've had people in my life reflect to me you can do this you totally have the skill set to do this you're awesome and that's a whole other journey of being able to like receive that speaking of like
0: other people being able to be able to you know help you see yourself and your own abilities. I remember Mia one time, one of my best friends, shout out Mia. She told me, I was worried about something. I can't even remember what it was, but she looked at me like dead in the eye and she's all guaranteed you've done harder things in your life. <laughs> I was like, so good. I was like, yeah, I have, yeah, hundred percent. I have like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Like a perspective <laughs> shift
1: <laughs> for sure. Totally. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good guarantee. Guarantee you've done
0: di- more difficult things in your life. It's like run that through that filter
1: and you're like, yeah, okay, I got this. That's so good. That feels like a good place to stop. Tune in to our next Kitchen Table Talk for the continuation of this conversation. To be continued. Okay. I, I think we did it. Listen, I don't know what we did,
0: but we did it. <laughs> Look, unattainable ideals are overrated. We're way more connected and deserving than society's false sense of separation dictates us to be. You're not just one person. You're enough. Your effort is enough and change is possible. Question the standard that says otherwise, because what if almost is good enough? Just by tuning in, you're a part of our clan. Not in a culty way, though. (laughs) We don't know how far this ripple can go, but we're going to keep showing up and we'll never get to perfection, but we're all going to be okay if we let the process be the solution and we see the value in the attempt.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ripple Affect. We're looking forward to exploring a different facet of change with you next Tuesday. Same time, same place next week. For show notes and additional resources, check out our website
0: at rippeleffectpod.com. That's affect with an A. Kiara has worked diligently to make our website interactive. Please visit it so it wasn't all for nothing. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, there's a ton of resources there. DM us directly at Ripple Effect Pod on Instagram and let us know what you liked about our show or any of your own ideas. We're really excited to hear from you. We value your feedback because it helps us make the pod better and it's our way of including you in our process.
1: Okay, so ratings aren't the point of why we do this. We really want to make a change in the world. But in the Matrix, there are algorithms so yeah every single review we get helps the ripple go farther to help us out please take two seconds find the ratings and review section on whatever platform you're listening from click five stars wink wink and leave a review we know you're busy so just saying hello or literally hi as the review helps us hack the matrix we sincerely appreciate it If you want to become officially initiated into our clan, again, not in a culty way, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we're in it with you. Keep questioning. Stay curious. You got this, clan.
0: A special thank you, love, and credit to the magnificent Mia Casasanta for this beautiful music you're listening to right now.